Well, hello, finally, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of We Watch Shutter. My name is JD. Who's here with me? It's Michelle. We're just it's gonna Michelle. ask questions. We finally made it for an episode. It's been, wow. uh, as I said on the Facebooks and the other social medias, it was a heckin' salty boy of a day yesterday, and so we decided, heck it. These people are just going to have to wait. They're not paying for this podcast. So, you know, <laughs> If you can't handle me at my salty, then you don't deserve me at my just a little sour. bit salty. Yeah. <laughs> First I'm sour, then I'm sweet. Uh, yeah, we figured, you know, we're just not going to be in a great place to record this. We should probably just hold off and give these people the quality content that they have come to expect from us oh they're getting it they're getting it already let me oh, tell you yeah. oh man we're here guys uh first of all if this is your first time tuning in thank you if this is your not first time tuning in thank you too uh we're here to talk about the very very latest just dropped yesterday shutter original uh, and this time around, it's not a, uh, it's a documentary. It's not a feature film. This is a documentary, uh, about someone who's very near and dear to me. Uh, it's called, uh, Dario Argento Panico. And if you can't tell from the title, it's a documentary about Dario Argento. Whoa, and I never would have known. I know, right? It's almost like they planned it that way. But Wow. <laughs> uh, Spoiler alert. Yeah, guys, look, uh, you either know Argento or you don't, and if you don't, why stop listening to this podcast immediately. It's not nearly that important. I'm going to need you to go to every movie service you have and just watch everything you can find that Dario Argento has made. We're going to talk about some of it here today as we talk about the documentary and then also... After we're done talking about the documentary, we're going to go back and talk about his very first feature film, uh, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, which, ironically enough, is the one early Argento film I have never seen until today. And I was super excited about it. Michelle's just like, yep, I knew this was what it was going to be like. He's just going to... Yep. Guys, uh, Argento is one I of those guys... I going to be your episode. Yeah. Who... Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, he doesn't work for everybody. Uh, uh, I, in fact, uh, Michelle and I have had this discussion several times. There are there are things that he does that, that just don't quite connect uh, with, with her taste the way they do with mine. But, uh, man, uh, anyway, let's just talk about the movie, and then I'll, I'll think of things to say as we're going along. I don't think this is one that we, uh, we need to, obviously, spoiler-free thoughts. It's a documentary about the man's life and, and his work. Uh, but, uh, Michelle, do we have a summary, at least a description of this film? Do we yes. even need one? Here's my summary. This is a documentary about filmmaker Dario Argento. I like it. Yep. <laughs> Succinct to, to the point. To write, write summaries. Yep. Well, yeah, they, they should, because I don't know if you've seen the description on the Shutter website, but it's a gosh darn novel again. Mm -hmm. uh, a whole lot of things to say. I mean, if you're interested in some details, it is well written. But, man, if you just want to know the gist of it, it's about Dario. 
It's right there. All those the people title. who are mad that this documentary is mostly in Italian and then they have to read are going to be I so know. mad when they see that summary because they're like, oh, I don't want to read that much. <laughs> oh, let's dive into that element of this right away. Uh, there's actually a, a review, one of the first reviews that I saw on the Shutter website from a user. I'm going to call you out by name. Prospero. Prospero. One skull, one skull for Prospero's review, and here's what it says. What's with the no dubbing anymore? I don't watch something to read. Now, that's a thing that I have said in jest on a number of occasions. Fact of the matter is, I have a little trouble focusing on subtitles, so it's a bit of a challenge for me. But are you kidding? Like, this guy clearly was very serious when he said... I don't or they I don't know who it is. I should not assume genders here. This person, I don't watch something to read. Uh, you know you know what you're doing every time you read something, buddy? Watching. <laughs> I don't I don't know if anyway, I probably got way too carried away about what a dumb review uh about Just a documentary. Just a review being mad that other languages exist and that's Oh really... god. Ooh, I, I, I think read. like I, I do agree that like Movies should give the option for dubbing because I agree with accessibility and there are some people who rely on that. However, this is a documentary, so dubbing it doesn't feel authentic. These are the real people and they really speak that language. So that's why I'm like, that's ridiculous on a documentary. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Also, it's here's what's really interesting to me about it is I feel like what's bizarre to me is I never would like if you had shown me the Venn diagram of people who say I don't watch something to read and the Venn diagram of people who are interested in documentary films, I would assume those were just two completely separate, non-overlapping circles. Uh, But apparently I was wrong. Well, there's a very small overlap, and it's the people... It's Prospero. Uh, they, yeah, they, they like watching documentaries about how much reading sucks. Oh, that's that could be so. So, yep, so that's, uh, that's all we had to say about Dario Argento Panico. We just wanted to shit on this Prospero person for their stupid. I, I, look, I go out of my way to be really kind about about movies and things, but I will. This is a stupid review of this movie. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, was Michelle. there anything? In the documentary, you found particularly interesting. Do we want to yeah. do ratings now uh, or later? Uh, yeah, well, let, let we, uh, let's talk about it a little bit, and then okay. and then drop uh, 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 some ratings. Because again, this is yeah. look, guys. There's not a lot to say about this. They they go through, tell you a little bit about his early life. They tell you about his career. They kind of uh, heavily focus on the the dominant period uh, that is is considered his greatest work. You know, from all the way back to 1970 with Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Uh, kind of all the way up through uh, opera in 1987. Uh, and they also talk about how there was a very clear sort of separation in his work after uh, after opera and the rest of his career. Uh, and uh, but uh, I don't I'm not so it, it's just it goes through those different phases, talks about each movie a little bit. Uh, talks about his relationships with his his uh, his ex-wives uh, and his children uh, and that sort of thing. There's not really a whole lot to say except it's just full of information. Here's what I found really interesting. Most of the stuff about the movies uh, and the reception of those movies 
uh, was stuff that I was already uh, at least passingly familiar with. What I love so much about this is I have never gotten to just sit down and watch an interview or chats with Dario Argento. I'm sure I could have done it at some point, and I guess I've seen little clips here and there, but this is... It's very biographical, right? It's 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 as much about Dario Argento, the filmmaker, as it is about Dario Argento's films. Uh, and you learn a lot about just who he is as a person in this and how that informs uh, what he's done in his films. Uh, and I found a lot of that stuff very, very interesting. One of the a big thing that I didn't know... Uh, and uh, I, I don't think you can consider this a spoiler because apparently it's a thing that's been talked about and I just somehow never noticed it, uh, is how the two main characters in Four Flies on Grey Velvet uh, are very, very visually similar to Dario Argento and his wife at the time, whose name, unfortunately, I can't recall right now. Uh, and he swears that it's just you know it just kind of it happened that way it was not it wasn't intentional in any way but like I mean <laughs> I don't want to spoil too much about what happens in that movie with those two characters but Astario Argento I'm sure you could piece it together a little bit and there and then they talk later on about the the there's some definite weirdness when he starts working with his daughter Asia because man there are uh there there are some things with nudity in those movies where I, th- I think a lot of that element is just sort of a cultural thing where there isn't such a shyness against a lot of that. Uh, but uh, some very sexual stuff in, in like Phantom of the Opera that they talk about. Uh, and so there's some very intriguing elements of how, uh, of how he works and who he is as a person and, and those interactions. Uh, I just, I found it very informative and a really interesting look at Dario the person like I've never been able to have before. And that, for me, as a serious Argento fan, was really cool. Um, This documentary had a huge struggle uh, or like a, what's the word, like a, a big challenge to get over with me. And that is that I, I was trying to think of a case where I've ever watched a documentary that is about a human being and is not scandalous that I enjoyed where it's just a documentary about people being like, this guy was great. The only thing I could think of was Bob Ross. There's a really good documentary about him and it's really heartwarming, but even that has a lot Do of you like think how he got screwed over by business partners and stuff. And immediate, so just, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt Michelle, but my immediate okay. conversational thought is, would you not consider this is Guar in that category? Or do you find that? I guess that story maybe is a little scandalous. Uh, is, <laughs> I also is... think that's a, that that's a important distinction, though. Glad you asked that, because I like documentaries where they are creating a movie. Even like uh, William Friedkin's uh, The Exorcist, that documentary, it is just him. Oh, yeah, Leap of Faith. Of that about was him. Yeah. But it's it's very in-depth discussion about the movie itself. Sure. I don't really care about the lives of people. I want to know about the things they created. And kind of, yeah, as I was watching this, I was like, why is this not working for me? Because I love documentaries. And then I started thinking, 
are there documentaries about a person that are not scandalous that I enjoy? And the only one I could think of was Bob Ross. So I think I just don't really care about like who these people are unless it happened on set. And they're like that day of uh, filming was crazy because this happened, even if it was a good thing. Like I want to know direct impacts to the work that they produced and uh, see those things and know how it affected uh, that. And I mean, technically all of this guy's life affected his art. That's how it works. But for sure, I just don't really care about like who he was married to. Ah, like, yeah, no, and I, just, I, I get that. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm not typically and, and those elements of it, uh, like just the fact of, hey, this was his wife and they had kids and that sort of uh, the thing about it that I enjoyed was how specifically those things inform his work. Right. Like, yeah. I feel like this is a movie that only spends as much time as it does. Uh, with his first wife because they have that point to make about how that relationship moved itself into his work and was represented in a fantastical way uh, a lot of times. Uh, but I no, I totally get that. A movie that's just about like like, like celebrity gossip type stuff, I, I couldn't care less. Um, also, what this one, I think a big part of why this also works for me is just because of how big of an Argento fan I am. I, I feel like mm -hmm. if you're not a big Argento fan, like you might be able to appreciate uh, what the documentary is and has done. But I think for the, I think it's going to resonate more with those of us who are already passionate about his work. Yeah. That was going to be the other thing that uh, I was going to mention. I do want to get into the daughter stuff a little bit um, it. in a second, because that, that was the part that was the most interesting for me. But uh this movie assumes that you were a big Dario Argento fan. It just assumes that you know a lot of things about him and that you know his previous work. So when they refer to the movies, they don't say much about like, oh, this was this movie and this is what happens in that movie. Um, they just kind of say like, so during the filming of this movie and assume that you know it. And I am not... I, I would say I like some of his films, but I'm not an Argento fan overall. When we reviewed Dark Glasses for the show, I was so disappointed in that movie. And I had to ask you if it was supposed to be a comedy because I found it so bad. <laughs> I remember so, that. Yeah. Uh. So, like, I, I'm not an Argento fan. I love Suspiria. And I like opera and a few others probably that I'm not thinking of right now. But overall, I'm not like, oh, man, can't wait to go see what Argento puts out. So yeah. there's a lot of stuff there where it just it was a hurdle that it never got over. But it's also not this like documentary's fault. I'm like, I don't think this is poorly made. It's just no. I'm not the target audience. It's right. A niche I, I think group the of documentary, uh, you're, I think you're absolutely right. It 100 percent assumes that you are familiar with his work uh, in the way it, it, it presents itself. And that is obviously going to very necessarily limit its appeal. Uh, but again, I, I think that is, is in a lot of ways kind of what they were going for here is yep. we, this movie is for those people uh, exactly. who are, are familiar with all of this. And uh, I, I really appreciate, like I said, they, they don't spend a lot of time on it or belabor it, but they make the very uh, uh, obvious point that a lot of people have made is sometime between opera in 1987 and trauma in 1993, 
things changed with Dario. And uh, I've seen trauma and the Stendhal syndrome from 93 and 96. Uh, I don't enjoy them as much as I prefer his, his, his heavy phase. Um, and he hasn't really done anything since then, uh, that has, has struck me the way that, that first 15 years or so did. There's even some, you know, some shaky points in there. Uh, but, uh, it's, and I, I don't know. I, I think obviously they, they point to, uh, things that happened in his personal life that maybe took away some of his his inspiration. Uh, the loss of his father was a big big thing for him, um, and then also just the nature of the cinema industry uh, in uh, uh, in Italy changing to be so TV driven. Uh, but the thing I found most interesting in that discussion, uh, and what I thought was was very honest and very real is they're talking to Michel Suave, who, of course, was almost like an apprentice over Ar- Ar- under Argento and went on to make his own films. Um, he just comes out and says, look, sometimes, no matter how good you are, people just lose interest, right? The, the, the demand just goes away. Uh, and I think a certain amount of that happened, too. He wasn't, uh, uh, he wasn't being afforded the opportunities it took to be able to do what he was doing in his his grand period uh i mean the whole that whole run from deep red all the way through opera yes even phenomena which you know is is questionable at times uh and then uh i i guess i also have never seen uh the five days uh his attempt at branching out into something different uh, because I've always been told to not bother seeing it. Sooner or later, I will see it as a completist, but I feel like I want to make it the very last one I see, uh, because there's still a bunch of them in the later period that I, I've just been like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I wanna if I wanna do this to my memory of Dario, but uh, yeah, I, I thought it was. I, I'm going to check out Dracula 3D just because you said I shouldn't. And it has a 3.6 on IMDb. That oh. appeals to me. That might make me an Argento fan. It's rough. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's rough for sure. I'm excited. Uh, I'm going to check that one out. Uh, I did kind of enjoy Dark Glasses. Here's an interesting thing about this documentary. Uh, shut up. Uh, <laughs> about this documentary uh, is in some of the descriptions, uh, especially on, on Shutter. Uh, and I, I don't remember if it's also uh, uh, pointed out in the uh, in the one on IMDb, but they talk about how this documentary is being made while he's gone off again to some hotel in the middle of nowhere by himself to work on his next film. But then they nowhere in the movie whatsoever do they ever talk about how he's there working on his next film. Yes, like they I, I never mention that. Agree, and there are clips from Dark Glasses, his most recent film from 2022, in this documentary. So I don't know if if the idea is just that, like that's just the reality of how this was made, and so they're using that to promote it, but it has nothing to do with the story of the movie. But I thought that was weird. Uh, I was I was I really in- agree. 
yeah, I was very interested to see what they were like, how this was all going to tie into the creation of that next film or whatever. Yep, because like I said, I don't really care about his life. When they start talking about like he's a great man, and it's just interviews with like Jasper Noe and like Jasper, I love you, but like why are you here? And, like Guillermo, like by the way. Oh, okay, whatever. I like his work. I don't know how to say well, his you're wrong. name. <laughs> I am. Uh, but like they're just they have all these people just gathered to talk about how great he is and I was like oh no I don't know if I'm gonna like this and then they're like he locks himself in a hotel to make his movies I'm like sweet so this is gonna be the movie making process and that's the thing that I like and then we never see him like on set for this particular movie it's not part of this documentary at all like this is it's very strange yeah this is word for word from the shuttered uh, description of the film it says now he finds himself in a hotel room to return to the... Like, I, I even got to go back further than this. In the secluded ambience of hotel rooms, Dario Argento crafted his greatest cinematic creations, seeking solace from the outside world to delve into his nightmares. Now he finds himself in a hotel room to return to the very setting that ignited his creative fervor to conclude his latest script and participate in an intimate interview, all while being followed by a film crew documenting his life for a movie about his illustrious career. None of this is about like they they casually mention that he would go off to hotels uh to be by himself to write scripts. It's not a focus of this story at all. His work on a new film like he's come back to this place where he always goes to finish this new project. There's literally nothing about that in this film. There's also very little intimate interview with him. Yeah. It's a lot of archival footage and just other people's opinions on his art. I I feel genuinely like the description on this, uh, on the Shutter website is very misleading. But Uh, it's also not because the movie itself like opens and then it's like them in the the car going to the hotel and discussing it. And then it cuts to a black screen with that text telling us. So it gives you the impression that this is going to be the focal point of this. And then it never comes back to it. Yeah, well, I I mean, they definitely mention it, but I I don't know that I ever would have gotten the impression that it was going to be the focal point if I didn't already have that idea in my head. Because thinking back on it, they just casually mention it and then completely move on, right? No, I did not read the description. I just watched the documentary, and it made a big impression on me because of the fact that they cut to black and then show the text as like, a big reveal like that's a sure. documentary thing where like if this is supposed to be like a big moment cut to black tell them exactly <laughs> what it is and that's what they did and then I was like okay cool so for me I, I was a little bit excited then because I'm like sweet I want to see the movie making process I want to see like is he secluded in a hotel room and goes kind of crazy from the isolation is that why this is going to be interesting and then they immediately just start interviewing like his wife about like was he charming yes He's I also, Italian, of course. I, I also like that uh, the bulk of the stuff that is in this documentary about the hotel setting is Dario just complaining the whole time about how what they've brought him to is absolutely not what he used to do. Yep. This is not his environment. Is <laughs> like he's constantly griping about. It. He's like, "Where have you brought me? What am I doing here?" It's it's actually kind of amusing. Uh near the beginning where they're talking about like 
how great women are in the films and like how it's just great watching movies about women screaming because they're beautiful. And then Jasper Noe being like, oh, sorry, Gaspar, Gaspar, Gaspar Noe being like, they're not uh, sexual, but they're not not sexual. Like, it was just weird. Like, well, those kind of moments happen throughout where no, I was like, this is a weird I'm, connection. I'm glad you brought that up, Michelle, because my reaction to that quote was, yeah, of course Gaspar Noe is the guy who's going to put everything into a sexual, non-sexual context. Yeah. I'm a I fan will tell of his you, stuff, and I'm like, ooh. I will tell you this much. There is uh, very little, at least for me, uh, very little in Argento's prime period. Like, like there are moments where, from a plot perspective or, or even from a visual perspective, like... There are the trappings of sexuality, but there is nothing sexual about Dario Argento stuff, at least for me. I know there are people who Same. disagree. Yeah. I have never seen it. Uh, I, I don't think uh, having beautiful women in your movies is automatically a sexual thing. Well, and, and obviously there are also... it's like tons of beautiful women and they're vulnerable. And so then when they start comparing it to like, they're very sexual, but they're not not sexual. Like that's just, oh, I did not like the way that yeah. might, made me feel. Well, and, and, like, people, of course, have made the, the very obvious sort of suggestion that, oh, he's got all these, a lot of women getting stabbed, you know, women getting stabbed, and there's, it's like, look, is, is sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, is that the line? Like, like now, uh, if you want to talk about what these movies maybe say about, some of the thoughts Dario Argento, the human being, sometimes has about women that maybe he needs to talk to somebody professional about. I go with you on that trip all day long. This man clearly, but also by the same token, like as long as he's just working them out through the art and not actually doing it, which uh, by all means seems like that's the case. But man... I, he sure does like to stab ladies. He really <laughs> does. Uh, and uh, so there's some... In and again, you add that on top of that whole thing from Four Flies on Grey Velvet, where not only is this is uh, some dude stabbing a lady, but it's a dude who looks like him stabbing a lady who looks like his wife. Uh, it's like uh, unbelievable. But uh, I, I, don't, I guess I didn't expect I would even have this much to say about it. Uh, uh, as we went along, you, of course, probably were like, JD's going to go off for half an hour about this yeah, movie. Yeah, I knew. And you like Argento. But I do. talking about beautiful women, uh, I do want to get into The Bird with Crystal Plumage. Oh, let's, let's do number ratings yep. on, the, on ratings the documentary. Uh, yep. In the context that, uh, again, I am a, a, a serious, like, major, major, major Dario Argento fan, uh, for me... Uh, this is, uh, I, you know, I, there are, I can't go the full five skulls because there okay, are okay. things, there are things where they gave me just enough of a taste of something that like, this is a case of, and again, because it's a documentary and I've said this before, uh, I would have, I would have liked this movie to have been another hour longer, right? I could have watched so much more of this. 
there are things that they could have delved into a whole lot more deeply, uh, and I would have been enthralled. I can certainly understand how that would absolutely not work for a lot of people. Uh, but uh, so from that sense, it definitely was a little bit of a tease of film. Uh, but this, I'm, I'm going four and a half on this one. As an Argento fan, this is a real enjoyable sort of light dive into the man and his inspirations. And as a not Argento fan, somebody who likes his work and was interested to or interested to see where this documentary would go and then did not find much appeal in it, I'm going one point seven five. <laughs> I know Michelle. because we rate based on our enjoyment, not on the quality of the film. No, that's very so, fair. <coughs> yeah, Sorry, because guys. we we rate based on our enjoyment. So if somebody listens to this and they're like, "It was a way better movie," yeah, no, that's fine. I just I did not find it interesting. I found Absolutely. certain parts interesting. So just a, it's not poorly made. It's just not my thing. Y'all leave Michelle alone. She can give our Geno thing a 1.75. If I say so. I'm a delicate person. Your friggin' opinions don't matter. So now, no. Michelle. Yeah. What are we talking about now? The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. His first feature film, I believe you had said. Yes, it's uh, the first film he, uh, he made. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. I'm so sorry. I got all coughed up there for a minute uh, are you okay <laughs> I'm fine I'm I'm gonna be just fine uh, okay. he had he had written uh, several things before this but this was his first feature as a director yes okay. and uh, and so um, I guess one thing I just to give it some context here Michelle like like I said I have seen uh, up until this point I had seen everything he did after this movie all the way through Stendhal Syndrome in 1996. But I have never seen this movie. And so I have the context of his entire body of work, or at least a big chunk of it. Which of his films had you seen before going into this? Do you know for sure which ones you've seen? Uh, Suspiria, both of them, and Opera. Those ones I know because I enjoy them. Dark Glasses because we did it for the show. And then outside of those ones that made an impression on me, I would have to look at a list of his work and see what okay. stands out. No, cool. So that not makes... very okay. much. Um, right. I know I've seen other things because you, especially after Dark Glasses, you gave me some homework. And so I've seen <laughs> other things, but I just don't remember what they were and I didn't really care for them. So no, I know that's fair. More, but those are the ones that I liked or else we did for the show. Sure. So uh, uh, Argento, of course, is known for having... Uh, this uh, very sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it starts with a D. I thought the word all the way home on my drive home from work, and now it's very uh, disorienting. No, disorienting <laughs> is not the word I, I'm thinking. Anyway, this very weird kind of of uh, of atmosphere and vibe where not everything is necessarily legit. Uh, or or realistic, but somehow Guillermo del Toro talks about in the documentary. Somehow it just works. Bird with the crystal plumage is what we're talking, and this is uh a whole lot more realistic than uh, a lot of his other films. This is his first Giallo, uh, but it also takes Giallo 
uh, a little bit. It, it very much evolved the genre. It, it's a little bit more violent. Uh, it's a little bit bloodier, which is kind of hilarious when you think about it. Uh, but uh, do you have a summary of the plot for this one, Michelle? I almost forgot what we were doing. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I do have IMDb description line, and then we can do our ratings and then enter spoiler territory and give a plot if we want to do our traditional format for the, the second movie. Let's do it. Okay, so IMDb Put the training wheels back on. <laughs> An American expatriate in Rome attempts to unmask a serial killer he witnessed in the act of an attempted murder and is now hunting him and his girlfriend. The bird with the crystal plumage. 1970 rated GP. What does that mean? I don't know. I have to GP. Okay. I'm I sure it's probably it like parental guidance, guidance, but guide parental because it's Italian. Oh, you may be on to something. Yes. Yeah, so that's uh, that's the bird with the crystal plumage. Uh, yep. Murder mystery. Uh, yeah. Um, so what do you, what would you uh, rate it? Uh, bird with, yeah, let's just do ratings. Is that where we are? Oh, okay. Why am I so disorient disoriented today? I don't See, understand. This is why we didn't record yesterday, you guys, because it would have been even messier. Oh, we were Lord. not in the headspace we're having, for it. But then it's been eight time. days since we recorded, so then it's especially messy. <laughs> this is our lives. <laughs> uh, we love you. Uh, no, uh, seriously, Bird with the Crystal Plumage. I fucking love this movie. Uh, this is really like it's not deep red right it's it's not that but what i love about this is where how you can see in his style here in his visual presentation you can see elements of what he is going to become the story and the plot and everything it's not quite as nightmarish it's not quite as surreal uh, yet. Uh, there are he does a lot of interesting, fun things with editing and with camera angles uh, that so just sort of hint at that. Uh, but this is really great. I had three different theories along the way about who the the Jallo killer was going to be, the black gloved stabby menace. I was wrong on all three of them. Uh, I thought it was really effective. I really enjoyed this. Uh, I'm going uh, four and a half skulls, just like I did with the documentary. This is great. It's right away. I would say probably it's in my top five. I think for sure, uh, Argento films. Oh, okay. Uh, I surprisingly also enjoyed this. I really did. Um, I don't know, but I think like having a man in the lead role of an Argento film gave it a different feel because it's always women being menaced in his stuff. And then I just watched the documentary showing me all these movies I haven't seen where it's women being attacked and murdered all the time. So oh, going yeah. from a documentary where they really sell home, like women are the victims in all of these. And then I watch a movie that's about a guy who's now experiencing this. That was actually kind of like a breath of fresh air where I was like, oh, the thing you had said that we were going to watch like well, is against that. And it's it's nice. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, though, all of the violence more or less being done in like the killer in the movie is still killing mm -hmm. women. 
Uh, you know, but, but there's a dude who dies. Like there, there's kind of an exception to it. So it's oh, well, there it's are not exceptions to women. that in his other work yeah. too. Okay. Uh, but I, well, I do know my what you're saying. One is Suspiria. No, I, I know what you're saying here, which is that um, in his other films, the central figure tends to be uh, a a a victimized or oppressed or otherwise put upon woman. In yep. this, he is. Uh, it's uh, it's a guy. It's a man who gets caught up in everything. Uh, and is trying to figure out what's what's going on. So I definitely understand what you mean there. Yep, exactly. Where it's just it, it was after having it hammered home so much yeah. that he puts beautiful women in his movies and then murders him. Obviously, there's an attempted murder. But there's like a dude who dies. Like there's a lot. It just it doesn't seem. It seems like it this is a is whole lot. Whoever more you yes. are, you're getting stabbed. And you know what? Thank God. Um, but I I really enjoyed it. Um, I would not have thought this was an Argento film because I think his stuff is often like kind of not my thing. And this I liked it. It was solid. I delirious. Am... That's the word with the D that I was trying to think of earlier. Delirious. Yes, there's a delirium in his films. Oh my god, I feel so glad that I remembered. I'm so sorry. I'm giving it a four. Okay. <laughs> Delirious. Delirium. Delirious. Uh, anyway. Okay. Uh yeah, so territory. four for Michelle, four and a half for me. That's a four point two five. I think that's pretty damn good for the bird with crystal plumage. Especially considering how wrong Michelle was about dark glasses. Look, I'm not saying dark glasses oh. is the greatest thing Dario Argento ever did. They're Not definitely even the goodest that, thing he's ever that, done. That whole that whole snakes and thing that was oh okay that was a little much but it's whatever I had a good time with that especially the uh, first half of that movie I thought was really really good anyway we're here to talk about the bird with the crystal plumage spoilers Michelle you uh, you want to run the uh, you want to run the plot summary sure okay guys so... if this is the first time you've ever heard Michelle run a plot summary you're gonna love it. I don't prepare for the record. So uh, the bird with the crystal plumage. Uh, there's a guy and he's living in Rome and he's walking home in Rome to while well, reading a tome. Anyway, uh, he's walking home and he sees a lady being murdered and he's like, holy shit, I should probably do something about that. So he tries running and then he gets stuck in the entryway of the museum and then the police finally show up and then they're like hey the lady didn't die and he's like that's great I would like to go to America now please and they're like no you're American you guys know how to murder a lot so you have to stay here and uh, give us your advice as an American on what is going on and we also have to prove it wasn't you because we know how you Americans be am I right and the guy's like god damn it my girlfriend's not going to like this and then he goes home and the girlfriend she does not like that but then now he's suddenly like helping solve the serial killer murders and uh the killer calls him at one point and he's like hey if you keep investigating this i'm gonna call your girlfriend and then he or i'm gonna kill your girlfriend and uh he's like oh well i'm glad you're not gonna kill me so i'm gonna keep investigating this and so he keeps getting more and more uh into what's going on and uh apparently like the lady who was getting murdered she uh it was her gallery with her husband and husband uh was like whoa this sucks um and then uh it turns out that the lady had just sold a painting of a man stabbing a woman 
And uh, it was a big deal. And that's how you know that art is bullshit because it was a really, really bad painting. Um, but the guy, he goes to meet the artist to ask some questions. And the artist is like, ah, I eat cats because I'm eccentric. And the guy's like, man, fuck the art world. So he leaves and then he gets home and he had recorded the conversation with the killer. And they're like, oh, man, that sound in the back. That is one particular bird. His name's Henry. And I know where he is. So I believe they go his to name zoo. is Henri. Wait, do you actually have a name? <laughs> I don't know. No. Okay, I was like, oh shit, did I did I guess what his name in the credits was and then mispronounce it? Because <laughs> that would be really great. Like, Fuku played Henri in The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. But they, oh. they go to the zoo to see Henri. And he's just like, he's called The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, but he's just like a fucking ugly bird. He's like a, a peacock, like but like a peahen. He's not a cute bird. He's not, I like birds. Well, like, on a list of, like, birds from, like, 1 to 10, I'd give him, like, a 7. And there was no crystal plumage. But they do decide, or they do discover that there's a window uh, that Henri uh, can be seen from. So then they go up there, and then blah, 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 blah. It turns out that the lady who was getting murdered in the beginning was not getting murdered. Her husband was trying to not be murdered, and then she almost got murdered it was a reverse murder she went crazy from seeing the painting because the art world is bullshit the end <laughs> yeah, yeah okay that uh yep. that that's a that's a good solid uh uh rundown i think of, of the bird with the crystal plumage yeah. uh that before before we uh, before we go anywhere, uh, the the cat eating painter, uh, Berto is his name, Berto Consalvi, uh, played by an actor named Mario. Uh, I'm, I don't know if it's Adorf or Adorf. It's A D O R F. Mario Adorf. Here's what I love. Like I exploded into laughter when this appeared on my screen. Oh, maybe a minute into the film. They're running the credits, and at one point it says, and Mario Adorf as guest star. (laughs) (laughs) What, that's going to be his name? His character is called Guest Star? I don't know. I mean, it's so obvious it's just like a weird translation thing, but something about it just made me cackle my fucking ass off. Um... No, the, so let me break it down here. So I told you there were three people over the course of this film uh, that I suspected uh, might be the killer, and I was wrong on all three of them. The first one, uh, I this is the one that I messaged you about. I sent Michelle a message. I was like, I'm 55 minutes into this film, and I think I know who done it. Uh, and I thought it was going to be uh the the cop the detective uh who we see uh, from the very beginning who takes his passport i thought it was going to be him uh and then i was like oh shit he got a phone call uh from the killer so how could it be him and then they do that bit where they're like oh but these are not the same voice and i was like it still could be him. and it's not it, it, he's it's not even close to him Right. Not even close. Uh, And then at one point, 
<clears throat> Excuse me, I'm all coffee. I'm, uh, at, at one point, uh, it slowly dawned on me because I had forgotten the detail uh, just as the movie was going along. But uh, uh, Carlo, uh, the guy, he like he like takes the tapes off the reel-to-reel machine. He had the mustache, and he's like smoking these big cigars. And they mention at the beginning of the movie. Uh, that the killer probably smokes cigars and just co- a combination of, a, and of course he's one of the people I think, uh, that is with, uh, Julia when she leaves that final scene. And so I was like, oh, he's running off with her. And then it, it wasn't him. Side note, it wasn't him. Uh, and then I very briefly thought it was going to be Julia. Like I thought Julia was just like, and I thought her whole thing where she's laying on the ground, uh, partially stabbed, uh, and then you see Sam, and they you like you think it's him, but no, Sam or not Sam, uh, Carlo. What? Where did Sam? Sam's the main guy, but you see Carlo, and he's got that crazy eyes look on his face, but then he's because he's dead, he's been stabbed in the back, and I thought they were gonna have Julia be like, surprise, it's me, and and but no. Uh, it turns out it's the lady who almost got killed at the beginning of the movie, and I felt, frankly, like a real jackass, because that's about the most obvious thing it could have been, and let me tell you why. Because when they show that stabbing sequence to the audience the first time, like, later in the movie, they show you, like, a nice close-up view where you actually can see that it's actually her trying to do the stabbing. We don't even see either person from, like, mid-chest up until that moment at the end of the film. We have no idea. And, like, it just it just never crossed my mind. Like, I was just like, oh, he got interrupted by Sam while he was trying to murder this lady. And so he had to run away, and he didn't get the job done. I even for a minute thought they were going to frame, I thought it was going to be that lady's husband who claims he was the killer at the end of the movie uh, uh, for just a brief moment. But they hint at him so early on that I was like, no, it can't be him. I thought it was a really effectively told murder mystery uh, and then there's all sorts of visual stuff that I want to talk about, but I have obviously been babbling again. How did you feel about this movie just as a story? Did you have any, like, did you figure out who it was? Did you have any any guesses that proved to be incorrect? I had two guesses. The second I saw Julia, I went, oh, shit, she's stabby. So I really thought it was her for, like, the entire film. Even after she got stabbed, I was like, Nah, and that's I that's why that's actually why she's agreeing to go to America with him because she wants to get that's the fuck I, out yeah, of Italy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, she's like, oh yeah. my god, everybody gets to murder in America, <laughs> the land of the free. Um, so I I thought it was her like the whole time because I was like, it's gonna be somebody out there. So I was just thinking anybody they were hinting at, it wasn't going to be them. So that's why I just went, nah, her. And then my second guess was just Argento himself. And it was going to be super meta. And he was going to be like, ah, I directed the film, but I'm also killing people. And be like, oh, whoa. Well, whoa. Oh, well, that's that's funny you mentioned that, Michelle. Oh. Um, I don't know if you know this. Probably uh, not. But it's well known that in almost every case, especially in his early work, including this film, 
in almost every case where all you see is the killer's hands with some kind of sharp object slicing or stabbing up a lady, that's fucking Argento. Like, that's him. Like, he's got the gloves on. He's holding the knife. Like, he's he's actually doing that. Dario Argento is to knives what Quentin Tarantino is to feet. Like if you if you look at the IMDb page for the bird with the crystal plumage, you're looking at the you don't even have to go deep into it. It's just the the first page top cast. The very last person in the top cast it says Dario Argento, murderer's hands, uncredited. Wow, I'm genius. I didn't yeah, even know he, that, and no, yet I knew it. All of those movies and the vast majority of the uh, I don't I guess I can't say as an expert um, that it's absolutely every time. But he was well known for being the guy. No, it's like I'm gonna, because he was so particular, right? He wanted things to be. It's just, oh man, he's 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 weird. I, you know, I didn't say this earlier about uh, uh, um, Ponico. What did you think of that last shot where they're just kind of sitting there on him, all contemplative, and then his expression changes just before it cuts. I thought that was great. Anyway, it's too late. We're, in the, the documentary. Moment no, the moment has <laughs> passed. Uh, so, okay, so uh, then would you say that you, like me, didn't know that it was uh, the lady who was almost killed at the oh, beginning yeah. until the moment Never... they told you? Yeah, because that same shot you're talking about, I thought it was strangely framed, but I chalked that up to this being... Argento's for like yes. very early work and that yes. it was just not a great camera angle and oh, then it turns no. out no it was a great camera angle not and we great... just all assumed I, I actually that, so I, I mentioned that there are visual things about this that I love and I think that are also like I said cues towards where he was going like nothing in this has that sort of ethereal not entirely natural feel that a lot of his other stuff has like even deep red has this really sort of it's just kind of off just a little bit uh but the way he shoots things like that shot is incredible it's a solid static shot from across the street perfectly framed so you see the entire facade of the building with all of the glass windows and the doors and that top level where it's got like the sign with I, I think the name of the place on it or something, but it's a perspective shot. Like if you were there standing on the street, that's what you would have seen. And so you never stop to consider that it's also a deliberate angle to make sure you don't know what's actually happening. Uh, but then also like there are things he does with montage editing in this, like like things sort of chopping back and forth that create this really sort of unsettling vibe. Uh, he uh, uh, just... I, I Things with the music uh, that he does, uh, including the music and the sound effects occasionally being mixed stupidly loud so that when you come to those moments it's all of a sudden like you gotta fucking grab your remote because you live in an apartment and it's yeah, three o'clock in the morning the you know yeah yeah great it's... sound work on this one great. yeah uh just a really well written 
well-directed uh, uh, first effort. Um, his next film from this, Cat of Nine Tales, uh, was one of the first Argento films I saw. I got it on some like cheap knockoff DVD at a pawn shop for like three dollars. Uh, that one uh, is good, but I don't. I I didn't think it was. Part of the reason I never went back and saw Bird with Crystal Plumage is uh, I had seen so much of the later stuff, and I was like, oh, the traditional Giallo Argento just maybe is not my, uh, like, I'm more the Suspiria Inferno kind of uh, kind of vibe. Uh, but this was, this was fantastic. I loved this film. I was just disappointed in what the bird looked like. I expected a beautiful bird. Dude, how the fuck dare they? I spent three quarters of this movie being like, when the fuck are they going? Where's the fucking bird? <laughs> like, what the hell? And then I was like, are we going to go through this whole movie? And the title just is never referenced anywhere in the film. And it's some sort of weird fucking abstract fucking expressionist art thing. And then, right of course, before I, yeah, right before I uh, started this movie. I had read a thing about uh, the killing of a sacred deer and the story behind that and like the Greek mythology. And so I went into the thing and like, this is going to be another fucking Greek mythology story I've never <laughs> heard of, isn't it? I was totally prepared for it to be like, oh, the bird with the crystal uh, plumage was actually like uh, somebody encountered one and it cursed their family and blah. And this is a retelling. <laughs> I totally, I spent the whole thing. I was like, Oh, it's an actual bird. And I got excited because I like birds. And then well, it was a bullshit bird. No, so not disappointing. Well, and of course it, it really resonates once you understand it's like, Oh, the bird is what finally sets them into the end game into figuring out what's going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. right. Um, uh, just oh, I wish the bird uh, another... had been like a fucking turkey. That would have been uh, hilarious. <laughs> Wait, I mean, it kind of looked like a cross between a turkey and a swan. It uh, did it was... not have crystal plumage. Whoever came up with that name, they don't know what birds can look it's, like. Uh, Disappointing. Uh, I, I'm gonna have to like, because I, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I'm gonna have to find out what that species of bird is, and I'm gonna have to Google some pictures because maybe oh, we just bird. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we just got yeah, we didn't see its some shit images. Yeah, uh, and the, the guy says something when he's explaining it about like something about how its feathers look, but then they never show them to us. So like exactly. that's weird. It's like a, a butterface type of bird where we're like, well, show us the body. Why don't you? Because this face is not good to look at. I just Googled it and Are I'm looking at the shot. And yeah, I don't see that plumage at all. How dare they? Uh, a, re plumage. a real butterbeak. <laughs> I think it's the type of bird that's in Fern Gully. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not even joking. I think it's the ones that like talk to her. <laughs> Oh my god, that would be hilarious. I'm pretty sure that's the fern gully bird. Oh. So I'm glad, Michelle, that this uh, ended up being at least a, an Argento film that you were able to enjoy. I was uh, really kind of nervous about it, but god, I'm so... Uh, I can't believe I didn't see this sooner, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'm not surprised that I did not see it sooner. Oh, I'm not surprised either. <laughs> I wanted to see that fucking bird made of glass and that's disappointing that's all I gotta say why didn't well, get a higher score how dare, how well, dare I I mean if you wanna see the, the I mean just go watch Suspiria again that's all I'm gonna say 
Yeah, that would make me feel better. I will do that. <laughs> I do love that film. Anyway, guys, uh, Bird with the Crystal Plumage, solid fucking debut from Mr. Argento. Excellent film. Dario Argento Panico. Uh, I think Michelle and I came to the ultimate conclusion together that if you are an Argento fan, you're probably going to love it. If you're not, it's not going to interest you, and that's cool, too. Yep. It's all good. All of it's fine. Ha! I don't hate you either way. <laughs> Check it out, Michelle. I was thinking here, so I started navigating a little bit. I was like, I bet you there's something in the IMDb trivia section about this bird, right? Check mm-hmm. this out. The Hornitus nivalis bird species doesn't actually exist. The one scene in the film is played by a gray-crowned crane. A gray-crowned crane, which probably explains why they didn't ever show us the crystal plumage. Oh, yeah, because... this, dog, uh, this dog, this bird does not have crystal plumage. No, Go it really Google doesn't. gray-crowned crane. It's also not the fern gully bird. Once you see it in, in full, it's not. But it's not actually, the fern okay, gully bird. The high quality pictures this is a pretty cool looking bird. That was just a bird on a bad wonder, hair day. Well, no, I wonder if maybe what they're talking about, Michelle, is, is this splash of stuff on its head. Those aren't crystals. Well, idiots. no, but I mean, you it's know, straw. from a from a distance, you know, with a light shining on it. But I I bet that's what they're talking about. Is that tuft on its head? I bet yeah, that's, that's what it is. I needed a beautiful bird. This bird was not attractive well, enough for me. The the with even with that argument being made, I should also point out you never see that on the bird's head in the movie. I don't believe. I don't remember seeing it until I looked at these photos. Uh, you see it, but it's low quality. It's um, not a big deal because it's a full body shot. They don't focus on the head to show you like, look no. at this crystal plumage, and the crystal plumage is. <laughs> like straw it's not crystal so i don't know this bird looks way cooler when you google it though so i take back everything i said the one in the movie bullshit bird the actual gray crown crane pretty cool yeah i give that bird a nine out of ten i i really wanted this trivia fact to say the hornitus nivalis bird species doesn't actually exist because birds aren't real (laughs) (laughs) if it flies it spies Oh, yes, they do. Okay. Yes, I got nothing do. else to say. I don't I'm either. Glad that we cleared I, up the bird situation. Yeah, so um, uh, where do we go from here? What are we talking about next week, Michelle? Why would you ask me that? It is Skeletons in the Closet, which is the new release. And then after that, double feature My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, and then some others. Check yeah. out uh, wewatchshutter.com for the schedule of events. Uh, I don't have anything else to say, and that just means there's one thing left to do. Say goodnight, Michelle. Good night, Michelle. For more horror content, visit wewatchshutter.com, where you'll find our world-famous patent-pending ghoul blog and squelch files as well as a schedule of upcoming episodes. Find us on social media, at WeWatchShutter on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and I guess Twitter, if you're still doing that for whatever reason. You can email us, mail at WeWatchShutter.com is the address, mail at WeWatchShutter.com. 
You can even call and leave us a voicemail, 701-566-9510. No, really, 701-566-9510. Give it a shot, see what happens. We Watch Shudder is a production of Rat Factory Media.